Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, I want to help you dig through the weeds and get to the roots of what may be holding you back from growing and succeeding in your industry. The mindset when you have to overcome when things don't go your way. So join me in the woods. Hello, welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods. Some people know me by William Moore, author of the uh, Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majave. So, if you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not so happy path in your career, you know, join me in the woods. So today uh, we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. I've been working with uh, recently. Uh, just give you a little bit of information about this guy. He's he's been kind of he's an artist. Um, among many other things, he's probably been drawing since he was a little kid, kind of runs in his family. His father's a painter. Um, and throughout his career, you know, he's gone to school for uh, for some things in the art fields uh, and the fine arts. Uh, he's worked on some big, pretty big projects. Um, he's uh, a couple projects, Coyote over at Sony Pictures. And currently he's working on Vern, which is going to be releasing in Disney Plus in the near future. Uh, he's also, you know, stepping into the game world. Uh, he used to be, I know we had a conversation before, he was kind of uh, coaching, I think it was Yu-Gi-Oh! he was saying? Yeah. You were like a judge. You were a judge for uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! competitions. So he was, he's kind of been in that gaming world, and now he's using his art, um, artistic abilities to uh, kind of start his, uh, his own uh, battle uh, card game type of um, uh, project. And he also does some freelance work. Uh, he's working with a really good friend of mine, uh, Jermaine Clark. And he's doing all the character designs for uh, for my uh, series, uh, Twisted Fairy Tales. So, kind of, kind of, kind of get into it. So, one thing I, I actually had a question is, when you first started getting into uh, your career, I know some people, like for instance, for me, I did not expect to be uh, in the tech world. My passion was always writing. So, when it comes to you. When you first embarked on your career, did you kind of expect anything? Did you kind of wing it? Like, how did you get into this uh, uh, art art career? Well, for starters, I, since I was a little kid, I always admired this uh, popular series like uh, the Saint Seiya, Power Rangers, all that stuff that was coming from Japan. So when I saw that, I was like, I want to be the guy that does that, right? I want to I want to do my own stuff. So since I, I started drawing, I started drawing with a, how do you say it, like, with a passion towards that. So I always expected me to be the, the, the guy that can, that can manage to make a whole team and to draw and to tell, tell my stories and to also design my, my own characters. Because even though I like to draw, like fan art and uh, back in the day from Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Saint Seiya, all of the popular animes, um, I wanted to do my own thing. Because when I was a little kid, my my father wouldn't let me draw with a pencil because he said that if I drew with, with, with a pen, I would get uh, way better and I wouldn't lose time uh, erasing. But he, he wasn't like strict, like he... Like I, he would let me draw with a pencil, but he like encouraged me to do to not to to actually take a pen and draw like that. So he uh, he brought me uh, lots of 
white paper, like uh, recycled paper. And I drew and drew and I always expected to get to that point where I can make my own ideas and sell them for the people or to, for people to enjoy. And since uh, I was about four years old, when, when actually like Saint Seiya and Los Caballeros del Zodiaco back in, in Latin America were like the, the bomb, like when I saw those, I couldn't go back to Barney or through Arthur and all those uh, like um, children's shows, right? Because because I, I saw the blood and I saw all that stuff and the anatomy and the armors. And I was like, I want to do that. So I encouraged myself to go to that point. But the thing is that along my career, I didn't realize that I need to go to live drawing classes, to fine art, to go to actually like like Picasso, all, all, all that stuff to understand how those artists saw the world and then they went to their vision and then they actually went to their style, if you can say so. But the thing is that the like the world, n not only is the series, but the world itself is the, is the biggest reference. So when I understood that, that I needed to, to explore the world I was living in, is when I understood that my career was to actually to be the leader of my project of where I was walk of us or where I was um working in, but I needed to work with other leaders before. So because I like I wanted to meet to be like the how do you say mm, the owner of the of, of the IP right. Right, but okay. it's it's hard to actually grasp on all of the stuff that it's needed to do so. So when I was like, I don't know, entering the middle middle school, yeah, middle school. I, I thought like I, I always imagined myself like with the scenes, with the openings of my series, like drawing my characters and the, the career that I was looking for wasn't here. Like it. it in Mexico, where I live, it's it's not a career. You actually go to, to study, like in U.S. Like, you, you can go to the um, color arts, or you can go to art center. You can go to our, the art academies. and But here in, in Mexico, and even more so in Tijuana, where I live, it's you don't have those. You have fine arts, and that's it. Or design. Right. But design wasn't the thing that I was going to get because even though th there was a, a good school here in, in Tijuana, I was like, I don't want to be a designer. I want to be an artist, a, a character designer. I want to be a uh, illustrator. I want to get into that, into that, that, that kind of stuff. But there wasn't like near me, I couldn't see anything that re related to that vision, to that career path. Kind of going on to that, uh, I know you were saying you're in Tijuana, Mexico, you're working with Sony Pictures, you're working with Disney. Like, I know in the art field, just in like any entertainment or artistic creative field, the competition has got has to be like insane. So to be like the sketch artist or the character artist for these major companies, these major projects, how did mm -hmm. you contact them or how did you even... How was that? Did you make that a reality coming from a place where you're saying, you know, the universities didn't really have those same type of programs that they do in America? Uh, how did people find you or how did you find them? How did you even get those projects? 
Okay, it's a funny story because um, a friend of mine was working in um, in DF in Mexico, DF uh, like in the city, and he was contacted to work for a series of Luis Miguel and a series of her Netflix, and he told me that they were hiring artists for a movie, and he was going to hook me up with them, but like I was already. Um, thriving to be a professional. I had all of my, my portfolio. I had a, a lot of stuff going. I, I already did character design for myself from all my projects, but I haven't worked with that kind of stuff, right? So uh, I, I, I contacted him. I contacted the, the, the guys he, he, called, he hooked me up with. And the thing is that when I went there, I actually went to the city because he didn't answer me then. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. I was like very um, anxious about it because I wanted to get like that job. Because um, I wanted to live to that to that point to so where I can actually go on forth with art, like to live from art, but consistently and grow. Not not only live from it, like not survive, but to actually live of art and to create in 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 that sense. So I went there, but before that, a friend of mine entered to Coyote and and Sony Pictures Entertainment as a mad painter. He, he was um, making concept uh, concept art for the backgrounds of the series but he um, they actually needed like more more artists because he he's, he was working with only the director at the time and he was making like the work for three people so I I, I, t I told him like dude just hook me up if, if you can and he said like okay I will but if time passed and I, I didn't receive a notice from him. So afterwards, when he um, when, when when I went to the city and my my friend didn't answer, I was like, God damn, like it's this bad. Because <laughs> come on, I, I I took a flight to the city to get there and I, I didn't receive anything. But when I was about to to meet a friend, I I got a call from him and I was like, Dude, I need you to be here right now because they they want to see your, your your work. And I was like. I'm in the, like, I'm not in Tijuana right now. I am in, in the And it was the first day that I arrived. So the thing is that my, my plane ticket was from a week. And I had to, like, just change the plans, change everything. And I went back. And when I, when, when I, when, when I uh, went to the studio... It was like a cold studio. Like everyone was like working. I was like in in, in the in the grind, right? And I was like, oh, I, I got nervous, and I was going to do something that I wasn't good at. It. I was going to do um, backgrounds and photo bashing, and I was like, well, I want this, <laughs> right? I want this, and I I I want to get through it. So I'll do my best, and I'll learn. It's gonna be like a paid university. So, so Coyote was more of a learning experience. You weren't really doing what you were expecting. Yeah, I wasn't like not even close. I was doing um, backgrounds and, and and some prop designs. Also, what else I did I did? Um, yeah, well, it, it was it was essentially that. But in one of those of the backgrounds, I put uh, some characters on the interacting on the on the back. Ah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of oh, squeezing boy. your artwork so people will be like, hey, I'm doing backgrounds, but if you want to see what I'm really good at, yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. So uh, the production designer, actually, uh, Nicolas Cabini, um, he was receiving uh, like something in the in, at the Oscars. He was like, he's 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 a big a big guy. He was he was receiving a a nominee award um, at, at the time. So he wasn't there when I when I went there. So when when he came back and he saw me, he's like, oh, okay, the new guy, right? But when I put the the characters in, and they saw it like, oh, can you put another character here? And can you put another character there? So the 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 concepts art, the, the like the the concepts, they, they didn't have people. They actually had like photos, and they were just photo bashed into the into the image. But then oh. I had to do like a whole scene, like with the whole the narco family, like sitting down the table. I was like like 14 characters in the same in the same uh painting and i was like then they liked that and i, I started designing like uh clothing for them um like the the scene i was making i was basically making a key shots for them because what was uh just concept art ended up like being a scene for them and then the pandemic came in. <laughs> the glorious pandemic came in, and I, we had to stop it. So the series was about to uh, was going to be ten episodes, but it it, it got cut in half because right. of the pandemic. So I so lost. You, like, so you base so basically kind of going by um I guess going above and beyond what they were asking you to do mm -hmm. was kind of like that key factor that allowed them to find what you were good at mm -hmm. so you're still doing what they had hired you for but now you are actually doing something that you really wanted to do it was like oh cool mm -hmm. i get to do these 14 yeah. these 13 14 different characters and yeah I'll, I'll do your little background but i want you to see these characters i designed also exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> and nice. the, the, there was a time where like a week would like the the writers didn't finish the the episode so we had like a uh a dead week, right? Like there was no job, so I just started doing my illustrations, and the the director saw them. Was like, "How do you make them? Where's the reference? Like, I'm the reference. <laughs> I was just I'm right. just making my own thing." And he was like, "Hmm," and he said, "Like in the future, we might need that." Oh, so you still have them? Like this might be something when things clear up, uh -huh. he'll be contacting you on another. Ah, nice. So yeah, so, so like that ended abruptly and i started like it, it was like a month and a half at the most and then everything just shut down now even after uh you know you're working at uh disney you're working at uh sony pictures but there had to be something that um when did you finally realize you know what i'm really good at this um what was it in your past or your history or in growing up I know you said your your dad gave you some of the tips and techniques about, mm -hmm. you know, use a pen instead of a pencil, so yeah. you're not erasing. <laughs> but what was it uh, in your path, rather be as a four-year-old or in middle school or high school or in fine arts, that you felt kind of mold you, molded you into that person that you needed to be to succeed in your chosen career path? Okay. Um, I was... Always like, I had this fake confidence that I could make it. Like when I even when when I saw professional art, like 
godly art in, 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 in a magazine or in a card or in a video game. I saw like, I said to myself, I, I can do that. Like, I, of course I couldn't at the time, but I said to myself, like, I know I will be able to do that, like, no matter what. And sometimes I doubt of myself, like, nah, man, you're just, you're just crazy. You, you, you need to go to schools and to all that stuff to get that good. But I was like, no, but I know I'm that good. So it was like this game in my head about yes or no. The fake, the fake it till you make it? Yeah, fake it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was very um, good at actually like understanding what people wanted. Because they were like, oh, I want this character and that. And I, I'm, I'm very good at, at visualizing. I'm not very good at hearing, but I'm very good at visualizing what people want. And I was like, I was just drawing at, at school and I wasn't paying attention to like the classes. Like at, at the beginning, and I was, I had A, A, A pluses in the, in the elementary school. But then I was like, no, I want to draw. I don't need anything of this. I want to, I want to draw. So I can actually speak on that. Because I know when I started working with you a few weeks ago, and um, I was like, look, I have these characters, I have these ideas, I have, you know, the Easter Bunny, I have the Wizard of Oz, I have Santa Claus, I have Pinocchio. And then I would give you like literally a small snippet. Well, when Pinocchio, he's like this, and, you know, he has this serrated blade, and, you know, I have Dorothy who has this six of uh, the six uh, shot revolver or Santa Claus is this kingpin type of character. And it's, you would give me these sketches that were, you know, three different versions. And I'm like, dude, this guy literally just pulled out of my head how like you couldn't have drawn it any more perfect than what I had in my head. So I can create characters and create these worlds and have this vision of, you know, I want it to look like this if it was ever to be illustrated. And you do have this, technique of literally taking what people are saying and create exactly what they were thinking. Like, <laughs> I couldn't have thought of anything better than that. So when did that start? Was that something you did in elementary school or like, yeah, because like you were saying that the guy at Coyote was uh, telling you, you know, what's your point of reference? You're like, right here, mm -hmm. I'm the reference. So it's like, you're coming off the top of your head and, you know, I have drawn, like, you know, speaking about your drawing is like, you know, <laughs> but when I, but when I see your artwork, like I, usually I would have a point of reference. Mm -hmm. I would have something and, and I'll be like, okay, I'll base it. I might make a little tweak in here, but you were literally saying, I literally tell you, this is what I want. And then you come back for something that is so original. You literally will never find it anywhere. Okay, so the thing is that I eat with my eyes. Everything I see, everything I, I observe, I digest it. And I, I try to decompose, like to separate it in my head as much as I can. So, but mostly um, figures like a human-like or beast-like or because there are stuff like plants that I just can't have like my grasp on because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't observed them as much. But right. when I do, I, 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 I get that, um, I, get, I get the same feeling. But um, since I studied a lot of an, uh, human anatomy, like I just went bunkers on that. I just studied the, 
the body by uh you, you can say the superficial kind of study right for for the the skin with like just proportions but then i went like the muscles the the uh, the nerves the bones and i went to the biological ancestors for everything to for me to make sense so when i i create a character i create an orc a goblin an elf i know the differences between them not because it's only the pointy ears or the big muscles no because what do they eat how do they um interact with each other what um did hike their needs you know so all, all of that stuff when i i i hear from um my client from a friend that I want a, a, a character to be made, I take all those stuff in, into consideration. So if you say, I want a, a mafia character, I'm just going to grab all of my visual library and just digest it. And I have all this already. So you give me the, the combinations and my, my brain just does one big silhouette and I just start to like chop it, uh, chop it off. And I draw the first one, and the second one is just e as easy right. because I'm just gonna like make uh, alterations of the first one, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and the sixth is gonna be the same. That's funny that you say that because uh, you know, as a writer, and I know people in music, I know people, and um, you know, in the art world, and one commonality that I'm finding is people used to ask me, you know, how do you deal with writer's block? Mm -hmm. And I tell them, I said, I can't relate. I've never had writer's block. Because basically what writer's block is, is when you're trying to create something that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. So in all the stories that I've created, you know, I might have these vivid worlds or these vivid characters, but I have read so many stories. Mm -hmm. I've read so much history. I've seen so many images and I've seen so many movies and TV shows and all my life experience of things I've gone through from college and living in all these different places and traveling the world, I have mm -hmm. all these different reference points for me for when I'm writing my story. So when I write my story, like you were saying, you're taking a piece from here, piece from here, piece from here in your visual library. Mm -hmm. And you're literally, it's to you, it's your reference. It's like, oh yeah, I got this. I've, I've seen this a million times. You're just drawing, drawing what's in your mind. The same thing from the literary aspect is, People ask me, is like, if I tried to create something that I've never read or studied before, then I probably would get writer's block. But I know my lane and I know what I'm special at. I, If I want to write something else, then what I'll do is I'll go and I'll do research like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. So when I go back to writing my story, I have all these reference points so that I can write without having to worry about will there be a block when I'm creating. Mm -hmm. So um, like... And all your uh, kind of, you've done freelance, you've worked in corporate, you're working on your own personal projects. What advice would you give someone if they were to come to you like, hey, uh, Alfredo, um, I want to get into a similar career path. I want to create my own game. I want to get into the freelance world. I want to create these custom illustrations for clients. I want to work for these big corporations and do like illustrations and character designs. What kind of advice would you kind of give someone who's looking to pursue a career, you know, similar to yours? Okay. Um, I'd say start looking for like honest inspiration, like what gives you that joy of when you see it, like to be honest with yourself at, at, at first, that's the, that's the most uh, important part because if you want to do it because you want the glory or just the likes or that stuff, 
you're just gonna find yourself with like un unnecessary stress. So you need to see what makes you feel like I want that. I want to be there. I want to tell my own stuff. I want to. I want. I want to actually do this for life because it's a very hard commitment to get into this stuff. Like it's it's stressful if you want it to be stressful, but if you want it to be joyful, you have to be aware that it's gonna take lots of hard work, right? So. I'd say for, for for starters, I'd say commit to discipline and learning the structural form of art. Because there's like the creative side, right? But the the creative side, it's bigger when you actually do your research, as you said before. And you need to embrace yourself with all of these topics, right? Like anatomy, perspective, storytelling, composition value color color palettes and most importantly mm -hmm. other artists because you need to see how everything is made before you can actually make it like you, you you can try yourself to actually like be creative on your process and that's good but at some point you're you have to stop and say so can i do this better can i be more efficient right so the efficiency and the discipline come together like if you want to get buff in the gym, you have to do something like you have to have a process because otherwise you're you're going to get hurt or you're just going to be like stressed that you, you're not growing in, in the, the same way or just going to you have going to be have big pecs, but small legs and whatever. No, like it's it's, it's that same um, uh, ratio for this in art. So I'd say like it's to be open for that world of art to be open for that structural way of seeing things but also and the most important thing is to have self-criticism because the you need to be honest with yourself in every every way and when you are um honest with yourself and you go and you show your work to someone else and they say something that you might um take as harsh or whatever you can actually say if that person is saying it honestly and they know what you're talking about or they're just being mean to you. But it, it like right. in reality, most of the people are going to tell you that something is good because people tend to do that, right? They go, oh, it's amazing. It's a great art. Right. Like the colors, whatever, it's going to be awesome. But if you have that self-criticism, you can actually improve better and faster. Now, in, um, so... In regard, even after you want to pursue that career and kind of go down that avenue, mm -hmm. there are also other things that you're going to, you know, the uh, saying, um, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things in that process of becoming that artist. You went to, to school and you learned about analogy, uh, anatomy <laughs> and uh, physiology, and yeah, neuro, exactly. you know, the, you know, the, everything about the body. Mm -hmm. Were there any resources, like what would you say were some of your best resources that helped you along the way? Rather be books, videos, articles, like what did you use, even if it's just uh, resources for inspiration? Were there, uh, do you have any like go-tos that you, you go to in your process? Damn, like a lot. Books, I'd say, like for me, it was 90% <laughs> books, 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 books. <laughs> Um, so the, I, I'll go back a little bit to the other questions. And when you say like, um, about, uh, what was it? 
my origin story, right? Well, when I was with my, uh, when I was growing and I was getting into actually learning stuff like the professional way of being an artist, I met uh, uh, my, one of the most influential persons in my life, like, and he, he was uh, Guillermo Keys. He was my, my professor, my, my teacher for art. And when I started with him, he started uh, teaching me the most basic stuff. And I was like, at the beginning, I was like, uh, my ego was like, <laughs> popping, you know, like, oh, I don't want to draw apples. I don't want to draw this stuff. I'm, I, I want to draw dragons and armors and, you know, so, yes. so he, he showed me this book that had all of these images, like very, very uh, detailed into them and the process. And I was like, why do I do I like, I don't have any books. Why do I just go and buy them? But at the beginning I was playing uh, the card games and all of my investment, all of my soul was into the cards. Right. But when I, uh, when, when I went with him, he actually changed my, my way of, of viewing life itself. So, I started uh, going with the books. He he told me about like um, a lot of music, uh, a lot of ways to see the world, and I was like, "Damn, I needed this," and I I wasn't looking for it. But when I was when when I was there, I was like, "Okay, so this is how you do it." And from since then, from now on, like it it's been the same. So I just need something. I look for it. I go for the reference. I actually understand, I study it and then I digest it to my own style. So I'll go to the, to this, this question and it's books, like a lot of books. Um, I started with anatomy books. I started with uh, Valerie Winslow, uh, classic human anatomy and motion, uh, Bern Hogarth, uh, dynamic anatomy, uh, Michael Hampton, which was, all of those books um, were structural and also teach uh, anatomy. So what I wanted to understand was that there was a way to simplify stuff to actually to actually understand it better in my head. But I needed to also know that there was a uh, like a goal to make it as detailed as possible, but to make a balance between them to so so you can actually tell a story because if you make like a realistic drawing for every frame you're going to be drawing you're just going to die there so <laughs> uh, and and afterwards after the books after the anatomy books i started um getting um painting books color books and then i i started buying uh sketchbooks from other artists then i started buying books for video game uh concept art and then I, was, I started like just getting collection books and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars in books. It's my biggest collection right now. And it's because every time I, know, I, I open a book, a new book, and I see it and I just start getting inspired of it, it's like, I don't know, it's like going through a new world and actually uh, like looking at that and uh, all the stuff that I haven't done, but I want to do. And, and, and when, when I see artists that are from, from the nineties. And I was like, wow. Those, so this guy was doing this with no digital art, no digital tools. He was doing it with gouache and watercolor hand. Like he, he wow. <laughs> I was, I was no. uh, astonished by those artists. And 
now that uh, that I'm working with with Jermaine Clark and when I'm working with you, like I see all of this character design that I'm that, that I'm making, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to see this in a book too. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see a concept art of, of 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 all this stuff, a concept art book of Alfredo Cardona and Jermaine Clark and William Moore. I want to see that. I want to. I want to. I want to have this on my shelf. Now you were talking about. Uh, I know you brought up uh, Guillermo. I think that's his, what his name Guillermo was that Keith. you worked with in college. Oh mm-hmm. uh, well, you uh, spoke to in school. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of. I'm I'm, get, I'm assuming that's one of the most influential people for you. Yeah. So if you had to pick, like, say, three people who have just been truly influential uh, to you, sometimes they may be people you know directly or it might be someone you know of, might just be an artist that had 20 books and this guy just influenced you to do something you hadn't done before. Is there like, a, you know, two, three people that you would say, yes, there are... I'm where I am now because that guy helped me or that guy showed me what was possible? Oof. So there are three, like the big three for me. Like I have lots and lots of artists that I admire and respect and I look to. But if I have to say the three artists that have actually influenced me the most, I'd say number one, Kim Jong-gi. He's, when I saw him drawing all of those complex perspectives, anatomy with us with with a brush pen, not even um with pencil underneath just going directly with with the ink and all those incredible compositions and he can draw anything from his mind and all all, all of these vivid scenes of fighting or just i don't know like regular scenes of eating or whatever like when when you see it for the first time it's it's incredible. It's like looking at on another dimension. So when I when when I saw him, I was with Guillermo Keys actually, and another uh, another student came in and he 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 showed him he he showed him to me, and I was like, wow, how how can this guy actually exist, right? And it was I was astonished of of, of just looking at at his process and how he actually made all of those illustrations. And I was like, there has to be a way to understand this process. There has to be a way to actually get there, right? And it was it was something else for me. So yeah, Kim Jong Gi. I actually I have I have like three drawings of him that he made uh, for me in in my books because when in Comic Con oh, really? and I went to to um, SDSU back in like two years ago. For a conference and i i've met him like maybe four to five times in life i have never spoken to him but i've watched him draw and it's something it's it's weird it's so relaxed it's 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 a religious experience to actually be there right <laughs> i was like when i was watching him i was like if i wasn't there because every time i watch him draw it was through a video right but when i was watching him draw in front of me i was like i wasn't real like i wasn't there i was like watching that through a through a mirage but when he handed me the book with the drawing and i could see it with like it was a it was a, a black page with gold ink on it and i was like it's, it's actually here and it says out to alfredo i was like oh, oh God, damn. i was like one of my 
top moments because I, 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 I get to see that. And well, that's number one, right? Number two, I'd say uh, Jesper Icing, uh, Magic the Gathering artist from Europe. Oh, okay, Magic, yes. Um, oh, he does most of the work for Magic, or no, no, he's he, just one he, of the artists? He, no, he's one of the artists in Magic. There's a lot of, of artists in Magic the Gathering, but he's a guy, like, he's so relaxed. He's just has this cool vibe. Like, he's, a play, he's also a Magic player, and I don't know, he's... He was this guy that you were just gonna you, you just wanna be around, right? You just wanna be and learn from him. And I was at uh Lightbox Expo in 2019, the first uh the first convention for by artists for artists that was held in in the United States. And mostly in I I'd say it wasn't one of the biggest in the world. It was two years ago. And he was a guest artist there. And I wanted to buy his book. I saw his book in, in uh, like a year prior to that, but I want I, I wanted to have a sketch of him in my book, right? So when I was in in the in the expo, I made line and I started um, asking questions, and I just greeted him, and and that he was like a very very big figure in my in my payment in my path. The line was like he was I don't know he was spending five minutes with with each. Um, fan <laughs> but we spoke like for an hour like he oh, just cool. the, the line got long and long, oh. and long. <laughs> <laughs> he's like sorry guys yeah but the guys that were in the in the in the, in the line like behind me they weren't mad because they were actually listening to him speak right. like so fondly about this uh this part of of, of live and art and i showed him my work so He saw it and he liked it a lot, but he said, so if you want to get like this, like the impression of art, like the, the most impression in the, in the, in the first um, glance of any, any um, spectator on your art, if you need to see your canvas as if, as if it were a pool, a swimming pool. So you, and then you get a stone, you toss it in many, in, in, in the, in, in, at some point in the, in the pool. And when the waves start to to emit from from that uh, from from the stone, that's the focal point. That's the the most detailed part of the of the of the image. And then, as the waves start to to fade, the detail starts starts to fade as well. So there's like a point, a focal point where you see, and then everything starts to fade in. And that, that that's how you create an image that actually stays in your head and it's not as full of details and you don't have to overwork and overkill yourself to make an image you can make something that it's like very powerful in one point and then let everything breathe along the canvas when i heard that no, like, that's interesting yeah i it's it's been like the best advice in my whole life like it was something that i i, I have in my heart like For, I'll, I'll just have it forever because it was hand on hand with this artist that I admire so much. And he, he told me that and I was like, Oh, and well, I've, I've, I've used that for my, <laughs> for my art since then. And the third, yeah, now, one, now I, that I'm thinking about the art you've created for me, that actually makes sense. That it's definitely part of your style. 
Yeah, right. So you see like like the eyes of the character, the expression, yeah. and then everything starts to unfold. Right. Exactly. There's not the same detail on the shoes as like the face, the wrinkles, the right. You know. So, uh, and the third artist is Daigo Ikeno from. Uh, he's a Street Fighter artist. I love Street Fighter with all my heart. I I love fighting Absolutely. games like so much. Like card games and fighting games are my addiction. So Same when here. when I was <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, looking at Street Fighter Four, I looked at it and a, a lot of people didn't like all of the super um, muscular figures and they were like ah they they look too like clunky, but I I looked at the at the anatomy I was like wow like this dude knows anatomy, so looking at that I started studying from him before I started starting from from the anatomy books so. I'll, I'll, oh. At the beginning, all of my characters were Sagat and Ryu and Guile. So everything that I did looked like Street Fighter. Oh, is that why you have... I see you have a lot of uh, Street Fighter references on your Instagram page. Yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. Yeah. I like. I, I, I saw that and I was like, wow. Like this, this is the most consistent anatomy I've ever seen in an artist. And then I went back and see uh, and saw his art from Street Fighter Three and from Third Strike, and it was like it had more flow into it. So I I understood why people preferred the the, the visual style in Number Three, but it was his as well. So I was like, <laughs> it's still Lego Ikeno, and it's been very important for me to actually understand like the 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 weight of the body in every pose through his like through his lines because when 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 he did the the character portraits for the game like every character was was doing something like slight uh, like a slight action but it had um his attitude in it and like you see like the like santa like uh saint nick right he looks like a fighting game character you see how he right. can beat your ass right there <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that when 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 I was uh, designing him, I wanted to look like he's a part of something that is like of dominance. He's a character of dominance, and I wanted to, to look like he can actually move right from there and not just a, a, a stiff character design. Because a lot of people just design like uh, front and back, but I wanted to do like a, a, a pre quarters and give him a little like a little bit of movement right. and balance in the hips and the shoulders so you can actually see right. that he's there and i i, I learned that in your, from mm -hmm. in your uh in the artistic field or industry i know in every industry rather be finance art tech there's always these um i guess myths of things that people think about that specific career and the art Is there anything like one common myth that you would say in or in your profession or field that you would want to debunk? Be like, yo, guys, this is not how it is. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say, though, uh, like, like the most common one. And is that art is based entirely on talent and inspiration. Like you need inspiration and you need uh, talent to do art. And no, you don't. You need hard work, dedication, consistency, self-criticism, self-improvement. That's the thing that you need. Talent is just something that gets you through a certain point. But when that gas runs out, 
you need the other stuff. And that stuff, it's the actually is, is the one that actually gets you there. Because when you're um in elementary school, you're in kindergarten, and you see uh a, 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 a guy that can work like can draw, but just does it there, and then when you see him back again in middle school, and he just uh, he didn't he he didn't um commit to it. Then you saw someone that liked to draw, but wasn't as good. And then that, that person gets like poof, ahead because consistency, studying, making master studies, getting the references, getting all that stuff. It's, I'd say it's 20% talent, 80% hard work. Nice. I totally agree. Uh, like people look, even when I write and, you know, they ask me like, oh man, you're so you know, good at, you know, writing or whatnot. And mm -hmm. I said, guys, I have been writing poetry since I was about four or five years old. <laughs> and people's like, no. So I actually literally right there in my office, I have a stack this big of notebooks, mm -hmm. front and back every page of just poetry, not any stories, just poetry. And those are the ones that I actually handwritten. That's not all the ones when I got a computer, I started typing them. Damn. I have literally written thousands and thousands of poems. And I have been doing stories and writing and learning techniques and the format and structure. So I completely agree. It's talent, like I said, will help you. It's like, okay, this guy has a knack for writing or drawing. But it definitely takes a lot more than that if you actually want to be really, really good at that craft. So let me ask you this. I've been asking you all these questions. If you and I could switch places right now and you're the host and I'm the uh, interviewee, Mm -hmm. what would you ask yourself that I didn't ask you? Okay. I'd say, how do you keep track of your true improvement? And how do you man maintain yourself consistent? You're asking me or you want me to ask you? I'm asking you. Um, in regards to consistency, um, like I do a lot of stuff. I have my day job. And then after like five, six o'clock, I have my writing, uh, you know, I have, you know, my family, I have my friends. So there's, there's always something. I have a software company that I own. So people always ask me, you know, how do you stay consistent and how do you see that you have, um, you're, you're constantly improving. So one thing that I have is I have a very close circle of friends, about five people. And one thing that I always tell everyone is I want to surround myself with no men not yes men, because I would rather you hurt my feelings now before I put the work out mm -hmm. than before I put the work out. And people's like, dude, what is this trash? You're a lot better than that. Mm -hmm. So in regards to, I believe in self-criticism, you have to, to kind of improve yourself, mm -hmm. but having a third party who has no problem hurting your feelings mm -hmm. because they know you could do a lot better than exactly. what you're doing. That is, is crucial. You have to have someone around you who knows your craft. Not, mm -hmm. I mean, it's cool to have some random person, but you have to know another artist or you have to know someone who writes and be like, Hey, I know you for a long time. I know the art of writing and I know you, you, you cut some corners right here so they can kind of call you out <laughs> on those. Uh, in regards to, the, yeah. in regards to consistency, I personally, I don't know why I write better in the evening. If I write during the day, I mean, I can write during the day, but it's just not my thing. So people will be like, James, when do you sleep? 
And I say, you know, after I write. So I have a range. I mean, I can write during the day. It's just, I don't know. I guess at night, I don't have to worry about phone calls. No one's banging on my door. Nobody's calling me. Exactly. Nobody's paying me. Nobody's asking me anything. So it's literally like a two to three hour block mm-hmm. where I know everybody's going to leave me alone. Exactly. So I have a thing from, from a writing standpoint. I don't care how busy my day is. I don't care how bad it was, how great it was. I don't care what I had to do, what errand I had to work on, how many extra hours of overtime I had to work. I physically have to write at least three pages a day of something. Rather be a poem, rather be my book, rather be a blog on my website, doesn't matter. I physically, so I just keep that muscle um, trained so it doesn't like decay from me not doing something for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to give you an example, I, I had stopped writing for about, I'd say like two years. And, you know, just life happened. You know, I had a lot yeah. of stuff. You know, my, my brother passed, my dad passed. It was a lot. And I went to, um, to write a poem because I had hit a... Writing has always been my escape where mm-hmm. I can always be like, oh, and I feel it's my safe place. So when I started writing a poem from two years, like not writing, it was literally like my writing talent. I'm not going to say it atrophied. But you could tell the difference yes. from when I stopped writing from when I started writing again. I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing in artwork. It's the same thing with writing. If you don't write for a long period of time, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how long you've been writing. I don't care how nice you think you are. It will not be at the same level as when you're writing consistently. Exactly. So I always, so I literally have a set time at night. I usually, it's like 10 to 12 or 10 to 1 where I'll do whatever research I have to do for whatever the story. Uh, so I have all my reference points if it's something new or, if, you know, I don't need reference points and I'm just kind of, you know, going off the top of my head. I always make it a point that I have three pages a day. And I also, those no men and my family, literally before I, if I go into my bed, they'd be like, hey, uh, Will, uh, did you write your three pages today? I'm like, nah. They are like, then what are you doing in bed? Get up. And I literally, <laughs> so I, I have an, I have an accountability circle of people that will call mm-hmm. me out on it. If I slip up, cause there might be days like, dude, I really don't feel like it. That one day will end up being two and that two will end up being three and that three will be a week and that week will be a month. You have to be accountable to yourself. And mm-hmm. it also helps with the other people that help you be consistent and making sure you at least do something towards your craft every day. Yes. So um, another thing is, this is kind of like your time to shine. So what would you like uh, our listeners to know about you or where they can kind of connect with you uh, online? Okay. For my Instagram account where I, I used to post, but right now I'm like with a lot of NDA projects. So I don't have the time to make something for... For the social media, but I have a lot of stuff um, prepared for it. I have a uh, I have a project that is gonna be um, so I don't know if you remember uh, X Men versus Street Fighter. Of course, of you course, do. of course. <laughs> so I was. Man, I've actually, been in esports for over a decade. I know, and fighting just, games was my thing. <laughs> I was just saying. I was just saying. <laughs> so I'm actually making uh, like a fake game where I am. I'm actually. Um, 
making a X Men vs Street Fighter two because I love that game like so so hard. I the designs from Bengus, all that stuff actually like stick to me so badly. So I'm making a, a project where I have this um, these fused characters. Like you say, um, Cyclops and Ryu merged in one. Um, Akuma and Wolverine merged in one. We have oh uh, really? Yeah, we have Chun Li and, and Phoenix merged in one. Zangief and uh, who was it? Sabretooth. At the beginning, I was like, okay, so the obvious merge would uh, be Sabretooth, Zangief yes. and Colossus. Yeah, so you'd say Zangief and Colossus would be like the obvious uh, to go. But I already saw that. You remember? I don't know. You remember like Mecha Zangief or the character that it was like basically. I him. actually like. I actually like Zangief with. Um, I actually like that combo better. Yeah. Now that I'm Sabretooth, thinking about it. it was, yeah. Yeah, with Sabretooth, <laughs> I, I definitely see that that combo. Exactly. So when I when when I drew that character, I was like, okay, I want to do this like for the whole the whole series. So, and I, I'm, I'm actually making that. I already did all of the, uh, the concept art for the, like, it's like 60 characters, like 60 fusions. And I'll, I'll, I already did the 120 portraits for them. I'm just coloring them and making like the, the, the project itself. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a journey to, to actually make it. Is this the battle card game or is this another project? No, this is another project. This 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 project is. Oh, made... this is another project. Yeah. Ah. No, this this project is entirely made for social media. So I'm just gonna make like okay, a battle gotcha. between them, like who, uh, which character would win this battle, like Ryu versus oh. Cyclops, and people would, are just gonna be. I'm I'm just gonna be something that is gonna be uh, interactive for my followers, and something that has been um around me for since ever. Like Street Fighter and X Men has has been like probably the the. The stuff that it, like from the popular from the yeah from the popular world that has stuck with me for the love for the longest time, so I was just gonna be like I'm just gonna make that for a side, but right now I'm actually working on my card game as well, which uh, is Dimensional Battle Cry, and I'm making like that I've I've worked on on that series since. I don't know, like maybe twenty uh, twelve. Well, yeah. So this is the project that I'm really waiting on. Yeah, it's been <laughs> like, everything I do is for that. Yeah. Everything I learn, all the cash that I earn, everything that I that I actually working towards, it's through that goal, and not the game itself, but the story itself, like the the franchise, or you could say like the IP to to make it to make it pop. And it it has all of this so like orcs, elves. It has it starts with this uh, medieval world, but it's merged with future. So it's like kind of anachronic style of, of stuff. Is it a collect? Is it a collector deck or like a stack building uh, type card game? So you're gonna be actually right now. I'm I'm debating if it's gonna be a digital app where you can just purchase cards and play against other players. Or it's gonna be a, like a physical card game, but the thing is that the physical market is already filled with the 
big boys, you know, with Magic Gathering, the Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, Dragon Ball, all that stuff. So it's going to be very hard to compete. But if you put it as a digital app and people like it, they just can, like, make it, like, viral. And it's, it's easier in that way. And you're not, and I'm, I'm not going to be um, handling all of the issues with the, the, the printing, the shipping, all that stuff that is very hard. And I don't have mind for that. But right you now. do know that if the digital app does go viral, people are going to want a physical card. Of course. But that you do know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> that can go late. Because <laughs> I'll be like, ooh, where are the cards? I want, I want, my, I want my box. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is with, with, with Dimensional Battle Cry, it's that it actually started way back in 20... Uh, 2004, when I created my my character, but then wait, I were just you a, changed it to to, to act. wait. So was this before college? Yes. Oh, I'm about to say this is a while ago. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So when I made um the story, I started with a, a the, the character was made uh, named different. It, everything was different, but the the idea of me having a character that started at some point and like the hero's journey from joseph campbell's like it's gonna unfold with that but it's gonna be with my own style with my vision of how i i, I see things i actually had like because my my teacher of like guillermo keys was a scientologist so he was like he had something different of <laughs> to offer to me because it was a different kind of 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 dialogue he he had something he was he had weird stuff to say so i heard him about that and i was like oh so i like this stuff about this and i just i'm gonna combine it with my own stuff and i had like a lot of religions like i had like i i searched through buddhism through christianity through everything to make like the story actually have like sense into what people actually feel that that it's spiritual yes so there's gonna be a character for everybody absolutely and so now for the uh, for the Instagram, I know you said you had the Instagram. What is the uh, tag? I'm also going to put it in the description for the followers so, so it, they'll it, be able to link to it. It's Acecore 2KX. So How do you spell that? A-C-E? A-C-E-C-O-R-E, the uh, number two, and K and X. Uh, no cap. Okay. Acecore 2KX. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. That's my. Uh, do you have like a uh, do you have a website or a portfolio or is it just mostly uh, right now via Instagram for now? Yeah, it's right now it's via Instagram because everything is it's going through through the NDA process right now. So I don't want to I don't I, I don't want to commit and get into trouble. You know? No, absolutely. No, totally, totally understand. So so one of the last. Oh, go ahead. I have um, Deviant Art, and you can look for me like the same. Ace That's what I was kind of. Yeah. Correct. You do have a DVN app. Yes. So it's A score 2K. You uh, the same. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So so I'll, I'll definitely put both of those links also. Now let me ask you this in kind of closing now. This is kind of the question I definitely want to ask people so it's a little different. We all see the happy path for everyone in their career. You know, you you studied, you you did the work, you you worked at Sony Pictures, you worked at Disney, you're working with these freelancers, but everyone's career well i know personally there were times where i was i i kind of doubted and questioned myself and it was like can i do this was there any point in your career which you would consider was like your darkest moment in your journey 
kind of how did you cope with it and overcome it? Because I want to share with people, it's like, I know you see the, the finished product, you see <laughs> the Alfredo Cordona now, but the thing is, you don't know what he had to go through to get here. Oof. Well, when I was in college, finishing college, I was like, okay, so people don't live well off, off of this. Like in Mexico, at least where I live, like the, it, it had to do with cash because I'm, I, I didn't actually know how to sell my, my work, like a physical copy of my, of my painting or whatever. I was like, how can I make a living of this? Like a proper living because I was raised in a middle-class family and it had like a big house with my, my parents and all stuff and they had like the business going and like I said to myself, can I do the same? Can I actually sustain me and sustain a family? Can I do that? Like, is it possible in Mexico with art? Like nobody consumes this in Mexico. Like they don't give a damn for this. So I, I, I thought to myself, like, is it, is it being good enough? Like I'm as being Mexican, can I get hired in the, in the U S for something like this? Because like the, the pay rates in Mexico are, awful for this kind of stuff and i don't want to go into like asia or i don't know like i was i was doubting myself for that like badly i was looking into the career paths that actually offered cash for that like they they they, they needed you to to know um treaty like treaty modeling a lot of stuff and i didn't know that like can i actually make it here because is am, am i choosing the right path do i need to go to 3D modeling and just forget about the, about this, the 2D art or I don't know. I was, I, I was, I was actually doubting that my career wasn't going to be good enough uh, economically was, and you can say, nah, but it's, it's, it's all right. You can, if you're doing what you love, you're going to be happy. And I was like, yeah, but I'm actually, <laughs> I'm used to stuff that it's hard to get. I'm not a rich person, but I don't want to be limited. Because right. I had I had the opportunity that I had because I wasn't living in a, in a limited um, household, you know. So I want to get at least from there and get better. That was my my my, my mindset. I want to get better than where I where I am right now. Can I do it with art? And I looked at a lot of stuff, and I I, I knew a lot of artists, are like um, of teachers, and that's that. They were living okay, but I was I, I didn't want okay. I want better than okay. And so, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, I may sound greedy, but I want cash. I want, That's not greedy, man. I want. I was like, love travel. I want to do I that. Tell, I say to everyone, love and passion doesn't pay bills. Exactly. I love it, but I also love you know you know nicer, finer things in life. And exactly, obviously, you know they say if you do what you do for a living. And when I say a living, I meant, you know, a nice living. Then, you know, they say you'll never work another day in your life, but you have to get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm doing what I love to do for a living, but I'm not a starving artist. Exactly. I'm actually. <laughs> exactly. So how did you, how did you overcome it? Like, what was the uh, first step where you're like, you know what? You overcame the doubt. And then you actually reach a point where he's like, oh man, I can do this and I am doing it. Okay, at some point, like, so my my life partner, my uh, Samantha, 
she was uh i got it with her around 20 like the end of 2018 and i was she's a, she sells an artist i met her at a live drawing group and i was like i want to have this uh style with i want like i'm an artist and i'm like uh, like freelancing and all that stuff but i want to have like this consistency and i want to I don't know. I want, I want something to offer for me and her. I want to be like, I want to be uh, um, comfortable with that. And I want to keep improving. And because she was an artist, she understood a lot of my stuff. So I'm just bouncing back, bouncing back and forth. And I had a lot of friends that were artists as well, but they weren't in the same position as me. So it was like, right. <laughs> it was hard to back, back and forth. And from... 2019 when another of my friends a very close friend uh started working me with for the dim, uh, dimensional battle cry project um he actually he he told me like dude we can do this together and make the and sell the game so i, I did the illustrations of the the initial illustration the og illustrations for the for the game and we got hired by uh, a, a, for, for a guy that has like, a company for customer service for games for Namco Bandai and stuff. So it was, oh yeah. So that that guy uh, told us that he wanted to get together and like make a a, a three way of the of the project where I was doing the, the story and art. My other friend was designing the game, the gameplay, and he was making all of the he was basically putting the cash in, and he was uh, making the the websites and all that stuff. So I started with him around April 2019, and I worked with him for six months. And I was paying, I was getting like some cash from him, but that that guy got into trouble with with not trouble, but he he got uh, his own uh, problems in life to solve. So he backed off, and I was like, oh, I had like a, I, I had some months that I had to recoup myself, and I was like, okay, so. I want to do this for a living, but I want to be consistent and I want to have the projects that are going to be coming through and through. And I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be looking for every, every goddamn time for work. <laughs> I want work to come to me as well. Right. I totally and, understand. Yes. So I want to create connections and that, that, that's when I decided to go through studio working at like whatever that was happening. And that solved that way. I I I I went through the through the doubt by that by actually wanting so like wanting it so bad. So and I, I had the support of my girlfriend and I had the support of my friends and my family and I was like I have everything. I have everything on my hands to do it. Like there's no excuse. Every every excuse that comes in, I'm just letting it pass. It's me. It's no, it's no one else. No one else is putting, uh, like a bar in my, you know, it's no one's putting out the barrier. I am my own barrier. I need to overcome it. So I just told that to myself. I meditated along, and I am also like a, a runner. I'm like I run half marathons every now and then. I like I I actually run a lot. And I have a friend of mine that he's like, where. He's also he 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 doesn't draw, but he he's, he's also pushing. He's always pushing and pushing and pushing. Like he out he, he at some point he actually drew to, with me 
just to be like, dude, we we can do this, right? He's actually having a, a, a brewery and we're running and running. And when I was running like this 21 kilometer distances, your brain starts to develop different like chemistry and you start to see things like, how can I run for 21 kilometers? But I cannot do this. Like a lot of people can't just manage through life. Like this is harder. And I was just like breaking my barriers, doing stuff that I was doing. And I was just being conscious about something that was already hard, like getting good at art, running and uh, like maintaining a lot of stuff. And I was like, dude, this is way harder than that. I just need to to use this mindset and that in that uh, scenario as well. And well, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just breaking through with my uh, different mindsets to understand how the other part actually works around because I just went, um, I just moved in with my, with my partner here, Samantha, for, for, into this apartment like two months and a half ago. So I'm actually living for myself. This is the first time I've not living with my, in my parents' house. That, that's what I want to say. So <laughs> great feeling, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that doesn't do it by that doesn't get along um, by itself, right? You have to do it. So all that stuff. I'm I'm just coping with reality right now. I'm just learning a lot of stuff, and it's it has been harder in some ways, but it's been very liberating in others. So I'm just I'm. I'm in the in the in the process of maturity. You, you can say, and to and a lot of stuff, and it's never late awesome, to, to to start. It's never late to understand where you're going, where where you're at. If you want, if you actually want it, if you don't want it, like it's never late. It's just you projecting your barrier, and you are the one that can overcome it. Like that's what I preach for. So your family and support structure was definitely, you know, Samantha was definitely a big part of helping you kind of overcome that fear of you can do this. Mm -hmm. It's not even if a need to, uh, can I do this? It's a, I need to do this for us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I can, yeah. I need, and I want. Exactly. Awesome. So, uh, Alfredo, I definitely thank you for being uh, on the show. It was definitely a pleasure as always. Um, I will definitely be speaking to you uh, very soon on some future work and we'll definitely be sharing a lot of your, um, I, I'm I'm very excited to see exactly where you go between the games and the uh, the kind of the merge characters. There's a lot of projects that you're working on outside of working with me that I'm I'm really excited <laughs> about seeing where they're going and how you know if if I have some connections or if anything if, if I can help you out in any of those ways you already know you can contact me. Thanks a lot. It's been a, it's, it's been a pleasure. Like it's been great to know you. It's been great to hear you to actually to learn from you. Like in this past months that I've, I've known you it's been like like snowball effect it's it's just adding up and adding up and adding up and i'm really excited about all that stuff and i'm really grateful for you and i also want to see where you go and where i go i would just I would, i'm just i'm just happy oh trust me where i'm going with uh twisted fairy tale and these artwork you're you're definitely going to be uh with me because <laughs> <laughs> at this point i i don't see anybody who will be able to to match being able to create the reality of the ideas that I have the way that you are. You're definitely killing it. Thanks a lot for saying that. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, you know, thanks for joining me for this uh, episode of In the Woods. Uh, be sure to sign up to our email list over at More In The Woods. That's M-O-O-R-E, 
in the woods so that you don't miss out on our next episode and follow us at William Moore, the author on social media platforms. Uh, I'm James Woods, also known as William Moore. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.